I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. AW Collision Review, take 22. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the AEW Collision Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the Dadly Boys, Michael oh. Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. We'll be a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review AEW Collision. More production problems, I see. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, my worry was that AEW Collision was just going to disintegrate and decline and become the two-hour rampage. Or dynamite light. Yeah, dynamite. Hey! <laughs> hey! But this is fascinating because you've got the absolute very best of AEW mm-hmm. in small doses. You've got the sloppy, jalopy, son of a bitch. Like, how is this still happening after four years? <laughs> there was a bit with like a promo at some point in this show. I can't remember. Maybe it was early on. Uh, and the mic wasn't. And I was like, that. I'm not too bothered about that. Right, it's that, every week. No. So you got some absolutely god-tier promo work, some great action, a total over-delivery of a match, and then you also got absolutely horrendous production snafus, some pretty mid-action, and more than once I'm like, why are you pushing them <laughs> when you've got <laughs> so much lot, yeah. talent that you're not getting anywhere near enough out of on that roster why are you pushing them? <laughs> so you got pretty much the composite AEW experience here with Collision. Did you like the bit where they tried to be like, um, actually, that was the uh, that was the plan all along because they like redid it again with Big Beal and Ricky Starks later. Actually, it's part of the show. So we're talking about uh, it's the worst when someone tries to make fun of themselves. Self-deprecation is good. Yes, everyone should use it. Everyone should be self-aware. But this is very much. Taking the piss. <laughs> right, let's get into it because 
you know when people self-deprecate so much, you're just like, oh God, you're missing the point because you're trying to get trying to babyface yourself yeah. with it. Yeah, there was a bit over the weekend because obviously we previewed it. And I'm about- a me. <laughs> there was a bit over the weekend because obviously we previewed this on Friday, and then all the graphics dropped on on Saturday, and I was like, oh, there's that, and there's this. What's that doing there? And I was tempted to send you, I think we can probably guess which which um, match graphic, and I sense we're going to talk in detail about it. And I thought, you know what? Maybe Sid's just having a nice weekend. I'm not, I'm not going to ruin it for I him. actually had a tremendous weekend. What did you go up to? Date night with the wife on Saturday. Ooh. Had an absolutely fantastic time. There's a restaurant on the quayside of Newcastle that's just blown me away. Kai Kai. If you're a fan of Indian food and you live in the northeast of England, get yourself to Kai Kai on the quayside. Absolutely goaded. <laughs> Let me see if I've been there. I don't think I have. Oh, wait a second. Is it up the little side street? The side I'll street really before you get to the very bottom of Dean Street? I've been there. It's awesome. Yes. It's awesome. I need to go back there. Yeah. And then... The high-level bridge, bar scene in Gateshead, inexplicably goated. You know, <laughs> under the railway arches, yeah, yeah. the small businesses that have popped up. So you get some of the nicest beers in town. Then there's like a little wine shop slash sort of eatery uh-huh. where you can get like a nice, lovely, lovely wine flight. Oh, God. You know where to go? Newcastle's cooking. And Gateshead. I had a really good Saturday. Yeah? Chesterfield won. Barnet lost. We're top of the league, clear by three points. And uh, I had to go out and get some bits in because we had all the family coming up for Anne Louise's birthday yesterday and a little celebration for Eric being one month old already, yeah. um, which meant I got two hours out of the house. So that was great. Great. <laughs> I love it. I love spending time with him, but it, it is nice occasionally to just be like, oh, this is what normal people would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I went into Tesco and it was the busiest I've seen Tesco in many a time. Um Mainly because now I go to Tesco in the middle of the night because I'm just up at that time. And I thought, God, I'm going to be here ages. Wait, I'm going to be here ages? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about AW Collision because uh, it started with Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli and that weird dynamic yeah. of them being baby faces. They sort of had to reference it as well on commentary of like, there are souls, but hey, at least they're not Ricky Starks and Big Brill. Um, and yeah, although I will say, we did say going to take a pretty good promo from Eddie Kingston on this show. And we got it. We got it. Um, oh, they showed uh, Big Bill's boots. Um, that, that was a really good touch. And John Moxley's blood still stained on them from Dynamite. But that's the thought I need. Mm. Uh, Bill overpowers Danielson uh, to start with. And I did think, I know they've obviously interacted before. Do you reckon they've had a chat being like, do you remember when we were doing all that bollocks in WWE? Bit better this, isn't it, for us? Like, Obviously, I think Big Bill's having a far better time, naturally, there. Oh. I think he's been booked far better. And, I mean, Danielson... Was Danielson booking Collision? Or he's involved in it, at he's, least. He's um, heavily involved, yes. Living his best life. Um, so, Claudio comes in. He can kind of match Bill for power. Hits him with some uppercuts. Keeps trying to get him up, but he can't because the bloody size of him. Uh, and at one point, Danielson and Claudio go to take him out together, and Big Bill just nails them with a double clothesline to bring in Ricky Starks. He uh, starts beating up Danielson because he's obviously got the upper hand. Gets a little bit cocky, and then he just gets the look 
from Brian Danielson. Oh, like, oh you know you've messed up. Oh, my God. Uh, Danielson fires up, takes Starks down with Hurricane Rana, um, but Bill boots Danielson to the floor to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Danielson nails Starks with a running lariat. Um, this brings in both Claudio and Bill. Um, Claudio hits 18 lariats in the corner on Big Bill, which will weaken him somewhat. Uh, he finally gets him up off his feet, hits the TKO, teases the big swing. Bill fights out, hits a choke slam near fall. Starks comes in. I didn't see this until two minutes before we walked in here. Starks comes in and gets caught in the uh, in the giant swing. Oh, my God. He did this pose. I didn't pick that. He I didn't subverted pick up on that. his pose. Like, before I forget, and you finish your recap, to interject very quickly, like, there's selling the swing, there's being swung. There's, there's holding down your T-shirt if you're Shane McMahon. Yes, what an asshole. The flailing here of, oh, I don't want to be sick, I don't want to be doing this. Like, Ricky Starks, like, is an actual Maximize Your Minutes guy. He's the best. Uh, so, Danielson comes in, body kicks, but Starks manages to avoid the label lock. Bill gets a cheap shot in. Starks hits a spear for a great near fall. Um, Claudio and Big Bill brawl out and over the barricade. That leaves Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks in the ring. Starks counters a back superplex for a near fall. Um, with a great call on commentary, like shift your weight or whatever, and he does in midair. Yeah. Um, and then Starks pushes the referee, and whilst he's not looking, low blows Brian Danielson, hits the Rochambeau, one, two, three, he's pinned Brian Danielson. And he, that leads to something that I'm almost guaranteed will be worthy of this button. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Texas death. Yeah. Texas death. I'm not going to talk about it too much here. It's preview content, but this, you know when a wrestling promoter does good things and then you therefore, as a, as a result of that, start to get excited about the things that <laughs> follow in that vein. AEW has perfected Texas death. AEW knows what they've done with that stipulation between Mox Hangman, Hangman Archer, Mox Archer. Yeah. Like, they know that that is one of their steps where it could be Texas death. You know, they could have booked any kind of, right, to do a weapons match or yeah. a match with weapons or a match where we can do violence and there's not going to be a disqualification. The fact that they've chosen Texas death, and I will repeat this, you know, all going well on the preview, the fact that they've done Texas death is very much an indication of this is going to be great, get hyped because yeah. we've got a pristine track record in that regard. Just You've just reminded me there. When I was off... Mm -hmm. Obviously, I, it, I'm trying to keep up with everything. I'm seeing bits of stuff, and I don't know whether half of it's... you got baby brain as well. Yeah, people are... Baby brain's a real thing. Inventing stuff on, you know, in memes or whatever. Was there a Texas Chainsaw Massacre match? Oh, my God. I was off as well. Were you? So I was in Crete. Oh, yeah. It, it must, must have been. been that overlap. There was a Texas Death Match... Texas Chainsaw Massacre Not Death Match. Yeah. yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Death Match. A tie-in. There's a video game... Right. ...about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And they did a corporate synergy tie-in, which, you know, not necessarily my favorite thing. It just no. exposes how corporate all of this is. But it's a good and bad version of everything. Um, but it was the WWE Zombies of <laughs> AEW... <laughs> Where, so basically it starts off where 
Jeff Hardy comes to the ring. It was Har- was it Hardy and Jarrett? Hardy and Jarrett. Yeah. Hardy comes to the ring, very quickly realizes, oh, hang on. Jeff Jarrett must be somewhere else. <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett wanders backstage into his doom because Jarrett's waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Like, How did you each know you were going to be there? <laughs> or is it because there's like a really obviously decorated wall with like these horrific weapons? <laughs> right. These sort of instruments of murder, which you're not using because there's like a kendo stick. Why would I use the sword <laughs> or the axe or the chainsaw when I could just use a kendo stick? Like fundamentally very stupid, but like the tone of it was all wrong. It wasn't so fun and silly that for about 10 minutes, you could just switch off your cannon brain yeah. and just go along with it. It wasn't even anywhere near as charming as that. So they do this bit where like... um. They have this brawl backstage, and you can't see anything. It's so dimly lit, and I think that's on purpose because they don't want people to see how shocking this is. A bucket of blood gets poured on Karen Jarrett for reasons, and that reason is Jeff Hardy is going to sort of advance on her, and she's going to do the final girl thing where she's screaming and covered in blood, and then Leatherface comes out. I, this is a bit I saw, and I thought, is this like a new thing on Fight Forever? Matt Hardy claims it's Tony Khan. What? Matt Hardy claims on his podcast that it's Tony Khan and this person can do the swing of the chainsaw and it's a gimmick chainsaw, obviously. I think Tony Khan, he just pointed at the ceiling. <laughs> so I don't think it's him and Jeff Jarrett just wins. Jeff Jarrett just, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett just wins. The heel wins. Okay. I might have to go back and watch this. And as a, well, not as a result, but he, Jeff Hardy's stock is so low in this company. I think the deal is, and I'm just inferring this, I think the deal is that they know he's a name, they know that if he's going to be put in a segment, he's probably going to do a fractionally better demo point than, I don't know, Tony Nese. Okay. So they keep him around because he's quote-unquote a star. They are doing everything possible to both, oh, he's a star, we'll put him on telly, and then just diminishing a star Mm, aura. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he deserves a push. Even for his, you know... Conduct outside of the ring, even which you know I wouldn't have brought him back. Um, as a wrestler, he's piss poor these days. But it's like if you're going to actually have him on your roster after the nth f- up, <laughs> yes, at least try and use him right. Yeah, that's my business head. That's my logistical head. I don't want ever want to see him wrestle again, frankly. But I, it's weird. And then he gets into the Grand Slam Eliminator. Oh yeah. Like, what has Jeff Hardy done to bloody deserve that? Anyway, back to uh, Collision. Uh, they recap what's going on with Mogul Embassy Elite. I Prince should say Anna. about this opener, it was good. It never touched great for me. The highlight was the switch that goes off in Danielson's head. Yeah. And I'd, I'd already kind of seen it, it all out. And I expect I'm going to see it on Saturday. Um, so that was the highlight. I don't think it was particularly great. I didn't get that fired up. Oh, get in. I'm watching wrestling and I love it feeling. But, you know, they told a decent story and they gently advanced and gave a reason for the Texas death match. So there's that. It was just still the dissonance of watching Claudio Castagnoli play babyface yeah. when he's the final boss of the folk hero on Wednesday in They've the done folk like a hero's 90 hometown. minute thing on their YouTube channel about this as well, haven't they? Yeah, that's that's it's a absolutely convoluted unfocused that's like generous it's mm. actually terrible 
Well, the uh, books and Hangman page are backstage. They accept Mogul Embassy's challenge for a match at Grand Slam, uh, but they've upped the, upped the stakes. And I thought, bloody hell, Grand Slam's looking stacked. How are they going to fit this a, a match for the ROH Trio's ch- titles on there? And then they said, yeah, that's why. We're going to take you on. Trio's championships. Grand Slam. Rampage. Cool, not watching that. Uh, um, the Young Bucks did their very checked out bit here. Oh, yeah, we'll have a match. Why not? Like, their inclusion and them doing their cut the camera off Brandon bit. And I'm allowed to say this because I think the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team ever. Them doing their, we're checked out. We might as well wrestle. That's what we're here to do, bit. Like, it's undermining this really cool story between Swerve and Hangman. Yeah. Where it's sort of like meta-premised on Swerve going, do you still give it to us? Because if you don't, I will, and I'll have your spot. Yeah. So to have to be, for that to be the premise of the story, and now the Young Bucks, with very little conviction, promote this match, it's like, well, is this a meta layer on a meta layer? Or, like, why are you not bothered? Yeah. Like, they've just chinned your mate, stand up for your mate. If you're going to be baby faces, which, I mean, I'm hoping they're doing a slow burn heel turn the Bucks. I've never cared less about them. It's we- No one has. It's weird. Like, and them doing this sort of apathetic, irony-drenched, shrugging, yeah. why not have a match on Rampage then? It's like, this Hangman Swerve thing otherwise feels like it is or could be a big deal, and this just feels like, oh, we'll do the match to build a match, guys. We're the Young Bucks. Like, if you're going to turn heel, just do it, because <laughs> I'm bored. Uh, we get a clip of Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, the next chapter in the Book of Hobbs is called Destruction. <laughs> Uh, and he's not talking about arm bars. He's talking about physical and mental destruction, effectively. Uh, he's going to rip people's arms off. No one's safe. And then we cut to Miro says, Hobbs, you're a son of a bitch. Um, I didn't humble you, so we're going to cross paths again. And then he yelled at God for trying to tempt him with his hot and flexible wife, uh, CJ Perry, of course. Uh, anyone who gets in his way is going to be destroyed. This is the promise of the Redeemer. He's still so great at this. Yeah. Like, he comes off with the lighting. I think the production's fabulous in these vignettes. It's the sort of thing he's been saying for two years, and I'm still not bored of it. Mm -hmm. He just, in those small moments, comes off as, like, a mythical figure. I loved this. As short as it was, as sort of familiar as it was, there's just something about his tone, the way these things are framed. It just comes off as a mythical figure. Like, it's as close at cinema than anything the friggin' bloodline did. Yeah. Because he comes off as, like, the big bad. And I will say this about Hobbs. I thought, when I heard them doing Miro versus Hobbs, I was like, well, whoever loses that's in the mud. And I still am terrified of Bauhaus Hobbs. I know. So, fair play. They did, did some great work there. And I'm intrigued to see how CJ Perry is factored into all this because, you know, she comes out to, to make the save for her husband in amongst all the stuff that was happening there. And then he just sort of goes, what the bloody hell are you doing? Here? Yeah. Uh, anyway, first of two championship matches on this show came next. It was F- FTR uh, versus the Iron Savages, Boulder and Bronson with Jack Jameson, who does a bit of a poking at um, Dax Harwood's tummy to uh, set up the match. I've already seen that on Wednesday, or last Wednesday, yeah. with Swerve and Hangman. 
Um, but that's immediately gets shot and machined, so he's out of it. Um, the Savages do get some good offense in. They isolate Cash Wheeler, hit some splashes, hit a big combo with a Bronson tree slam for a nice near fall. Um, Harwood just can't counter Boulder's strength. But when Boulder goes for a step-up moonsault, and if you don't know why I'm so impressed by that, just Google what Boulder looks yeah. like. Ridiculous. Harwood moves out of the way. Shatter Machine, Powerplex, what was it called? Power and the Glory. One, two, three. FTR attain. And... <laughs> Nothing against. I know. Everyone said this. I know, I know. Because later on, we get something that I'm really excited about for Wrestle Dream, uh, especially if you if you were lucky enough to watch the first incarnation of, of this match. And we've talked before. I'm rubbing my hands together about the grizzled young veterans are potentially coming in and setting up a match with FTR as part of this. I forgot what it's called. Their sort of open challenge. Open thing. challenge. Concurrent open challenge number three mm. in AEW right now. Of course. Between Moxley, Statlander, and FTR. Yeah, Why does everything have to be done twice? <laughs> Belly poke, twice. Open challenge, at least twice. What's your new name for the boss you came up with on Dynamite? Tony. Tony. That's it. Tony Khan. <laughs> um, I, everything has to get done at least twice. It's weird. So you got all these tag teams. I'm going to go get the peepers. Get the peepers. I'm going to book Bobby Fish, Bobby Fish. Hey, tag teams. Who's next for FTR? It's the workhorsemen. Yeah. I, I I haven't seen anything of them for a long time. Yes. They're bigged up on commentary and stuff. Having a fabulous year on the indies. Yeah, but I'm just I just was a bit wet. I um the position them to fail. They set them up to fail the workhorsemen. Mm. They got a chance of who are you? And it's like, well, who are they? I hate to be, you know, the worst bad faith wrestling Twitter personalities, but you're just setting them up to fail. Mm. Like, it's one of those where it's one thing to say, are they going to know who a carder is? It's like everyone knows who a carder yeah. is. New Japan was really quite big in the US once upon a time. This is a company that by its own admission, and this is a good thing, books for the hardcore fan. Yeah. This is great. I, I, you know, there's a, there's a really, like, lucrative audience Niche, but they're going to pay 100,000 times for a pay-per-view. So just service them. It's great. People are happy. It's one thing to say, who's a carter? <laughs> it's another thing to say, oh, by the way, we're putting Vikingo against Omega next week. Um, Vikingo's class, look at this highlight reel. That's not enough for some people when it should be, in my opinion. Yeah. The workhorseman's like, you know, the, um, it's not the Onion headline. It's a hard copy or whatever. Terrible. Heartbreaking. The worst person you know just made an excellent yeah. point or whatever it is, the phrase. And it's like that with the workhorseman. It's like that's one step too far. Um, Again, the Iron Savages. It's one of those where I'm thinking, right back to the drawing board, you're the third team to do the Survivor Series pastiche promos with the cocaine energy. Not saying you're doing it. I'm saying it's the phrase yeah. where tell them you're going to do some rhymes. You're going to do a threat. That's ludicrous. Right, okay, I get it. You're past these 80s, guys. You're the third team I've seen do it this year. It's, you know what? It's, it's giving wingmen vibes. Ooh. Where, you know, that just felt from the off. Like, right, you're chasing a meme and there's no charm to this. It's not something that's organically developed. Like, I don't know, the baby facing of the new, uh, the Dark Order yeah. on BTE. That was like really organic. Oh, found something here. Let's riff, riff, mm -hmm. riff. It felt like, 
oh, we're just the wingmen and we're cool and we're chasing memes. It's like, all right, okay, that's desperate. That's not how meme things work. Mm-hmm. That um, It's giving wingmen. Mm. It's giving wingmen. Yeah, and that. the match was nothing to write home about. And I would say, Will Warren, back to the drawing board with the Iron Savages, but they'll probably do every tag team job there is in the next six weeks because that's how AEW works. It's good for Young you. Bucks versus Iron Savages on Dynamite in two weeks. Yeah. Might as well just set your calendar. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I'm not suggesting that this is always what you should do, but, and again, no offense to him, just having him come out and square up to FTR, I was like, at least jump him. At least jump him and be like, bloody hell, they've just taken out the tag team champions. I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. So the idea is the workhorsemen are the new tag team on the scene that you're meant to care about. Mm. Well, that's the righteous then, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. So that happens. Like, surely, the way around this is, is they've already set up the Kingdom versus MGF and Cole on Rampage by the yes. Kingdom one. Yeah. So just don't do the Righteous versus MGF and Cole because that is one step too far in this. They've done this really nice balance where MGF can be an ROH World Tag Team title and a really good drawing entertaining world champion mm-hmm. AEW at the same time. The Righteous, that's taken the piss for me. Why couldn't the Workhorsemen defeat the Hardys? It's like, who are we? Well, we've just beat them, and we're going to go for FTR yeah. next. I, I know, just dil- uh, dilution. Yeah. going to go get the papers, get the papers. <laughs> I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal 
personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. So we go backstage and someone says, AW Collision 22. 22. I assume, I was talking to Andy about this, I assume that's take 22 of all the backstage tapings that we've done because all this was was, all right, Keith, and before he can say anything, here comes Shane Taylor who says, oh, he's a new member of Shane Taylor promotions, Lee Moriarty. A decision I actually really like, but all for him to say, people say, you think people should run for you? We're not going to run. We're not scared of you. And that's it. You can't take 22 takes, that. No, you'd hope not. Um, should that, you shouldn't have that thing on telly, but still. I will never, ever... Un- I do understand, but I'll never understand if that at the same time if that makes sense. Why Tony Khan, at some point between January 1st, 2023, and Saturday, <laughs> have just had Swerve Strickland go over Keith Lee. Clearly, he likes Swer- Swerve more. Yeah. Clearly, Swerve got Wembley. Keith Lee was nowhere near it. Um, Swerve is getting the singles push. He's having a match with Hangman at Wrestle Dream. Clearly, between Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, who were in a tag team, and then they split up, and then you have a freaking match because the feud hadn't teased it. Tony Khan has realized at some point, I think I like Swerve more, and I think I can do more with Swerve, mm-hmm. and I'm going to show you this on my booking. Why didn't he just help Swerve? And have him go over Keith Lee because I'm. If Keith Lee had a great match against Swerve, or they did everything possible to have a great match, and now Keith Lee's doing stuff with Shane Taylor or whoever, like I'm not gonna think. Oh well, he got beat off Swerve Strickland. I don't think he's ever gonna win another match ever again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like surely Swer- uh, Keith Lee having a really strong effort against Swerve. At least he's had a good match as opposed to fall. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, why didn't they do this match? If anything, if Swerve goes over Keith Lee, right, I'm thinking, Christ, he might go over Hangman here. Yeah. If he's the one who's won in that battle of the former tag team partners, clearly he's positioned for good things. And then I would think as a fan, oh, Christ, he might beat Hangman and be like an MGF opponent for Winter is Coming, yeah. potentially. And at the same time, I wouldn't think, oh, Keith Lee sucks now. He's lost a predetermined contest. Mm. Like, I'm not eight years old. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, his stock would have went up in losing. Yeah. It's just a weird... He might as well have... What they've done to Keith Lee is worse than him jobbing in a match. Yeah. Because they've just completely... Who cares about Keith yeah, Lee? Yeah, and, and why should you? Because he, he's, he's had this overarching long storyline where people get their chest caved in and former tag team champions turning on each other, which resulted in... Well, it's worth going off and doing some great stuff with the Mogul Embassy and Keith Lee... I don't know, occasionally helping out some baby faces if they need a friend. Do it like he's scared. And such cowardly booking in AEW. Mm. Like absolutely cowardly booking. At first, I was maybe this was the case once upon a time. I was of the mind that, right, okay, why would you burn through all of your matches yes. when 
for a lot of reasons. One, we want people to pay for pay-per-view. That model was effectively dead before AEW came along. So we need to save a lot of stuff for pay-per-view. We also need to basically tell Warner, if you renew us, look at the matches we've built. Look at the stars we've built and mm. the matches we haven't done. It's like a selling point for the negotiations. We've built MGF as the heel. I know he's a baby face now. Yeah, yeah. Look, look at what we've done through our model. MGF's up there. Hangman's up there. Guess what? We've arranged our booking to such a point where they've not even they've had one match and they weren't even on the level of stars they are mm-hmm. now. That's the kind of stuff we can save. We can basically guarantee you a point three two and a demo if we ever do that on TV. Yeah. Right? So I understand why the stars never fought each other. They're basically gonna get a new deal. Like now's the time. Like at this point, what are you waiting for? Look at the gates. Like, what are you waiting for? Why did they not do Strickland, Keith Lee? I don't know. Baffling. That's not even like a pay-per-view main event. No. Dynamite main event at best. Yeah. But at least it'd be something of like, think of the history that's gone into this. Not just, uh, yeah, Keith Lee's not bothered by this anymore and swerves off doing his own thing anyway. They had so many times. Remember when it was like, why is it having a revolution? Oh, well, it's double or nothing. It's weird. It's a bit cold now. Yeah. Double or nothing passes by. What? <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of matches that didn't happen, Evil Uno versus Anthony Bowens didn't happen. John Silver replaced him for whatever reason. Uh, John Silver said that they didn't read the contract, and actually it was him that was going to face him. And when he gets down to the this ring... This makes Evil Uno look... Sh- try not to swear too much, Wilborn. That's good self, it makes it? Evil Uno look like a complete geek. Haha, you thought you had an easy night against this bum. <laughs> well, it turns out you haven't. You thought you were going to get a, a tune-up match. Face against... this guy who's a lot smaller than me. Yeah. You, th- you thought you were going to have a tune-up match against that bum Evil Uno. Well, <laughs> turns out it's not your lucky night after all. I'm thinking Evil Uno's rubbish now. He's <laughs> a one million man as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's John Silver instead. He's also Googled scissoring and you're doing it wrong. That was a nice line. I yeah. like that. Uh, and uh, Billy Gunn and Max Caster are banned from ringside. Silver jumps Bowens to start. Um but Bowen uh, fights back, uh, snapmares him, scissors. Silver gets annoyed, so he gets knocked to the outside. Uh, Bowen's hit a jumping famous for a near fall, but then Silver avoided a corner charge and hit his big strike combo, finishes off with a delayed fisherman suplex. Uh, Bowen's comes back with an Ushiguroshi and a rolling forearm. Silver goes out to the floor. Bowen's goes out after him, hoys him back in the ring, and then suddenly that bomb evil Uno appears to post Anthony Bowen's uh, to allow Silver to hit the pump kick when he gets back in the ring and get the one, two, three to presumably set up a uh, trios match down the line. You keep looking at my wrist. You're wondering what I'm doing. I am. Right. I've got this thing from uh, a holiday that I went on at Crete. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks like a, a festival thing. I used to have, you know, everyone had that, didn't they? I had like six. Yeah. Oh, I went to festival in uh, 2016, actually. Yeah. Or whatever. So I've got this from the resort I went to that basically indicated to the bar staff, um, all-inclusive cocktails, so I'll have a Mai Tai, please. I just kept it on my wrist because my watch broke uh, when I was there. So I've... <laughs> Missed something having on my wrist, and I don't even know why I'm doing this right. So it's this. Uh, what material is this? Like it's a fabric. Yeah, it's one of those ones. It's not it, plastic. It's like a fabric. You couldn't. If you tried as hard as you can to rip that off, yeah, you can't. It's a scissor job. You can't. For whatever reason, this tick. I've got a pen, and I'm now twisting it around, cutting off the circulation <laughs> in my hand, and I just enjoy the feeling. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've noticed you keep looking at it. It's fascinating. It reminds me of the which 
James Bond, is it, where they're like, do you know I'm going to kill you, James? I'm going to turn this wheel that slowly pushes the thing in the back of your neck. World is not enough. That was it. What an overly complicated design. Kill him. <laughs> Just kill him. I know you have to do it in Bond where it's like, you're going to die slow, because that gives you enough time to escape. But that was a particularly... Just shoot James yeah. Bond in the head. That's well, that, what I would do. Or that one where she'd shag him to death. Oh oh! <laughs> it's like that <laughs> wood. No, I was like, wait, we not press the button. That's formative in uh, young Adam. Wood yeah, no, like I get that. it. You jerked off of uh, Famke Janssen. I'm completely gathering what you've just said. <laughs> uh, what did you make of Silver and Anthony Bowie? Um, look, I'll tell you one thing. Compared to another match on this show, this was at least snappy. Like bones and like, it's good matchmaking. We, that made Eva Luna look like a complete bum. I would never have done that in a million years. Like, they're already fighting upstream the Dark Order for relevance in 2023. You don't want to do this weird booking mechanism. Uh, and they just fight for some tag tag. They fight, win a battle royal or something. Who cares about that? Are they, like all, they fight all out? The Dark Order? Uh, yeah, 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 better than you, baby. They're fighting upstream to remain relevant. What is it with these people who are like, well, we didn't win those titles, but what about these titles? Well, Tony Khan Tony yeah. will just say, all right, have a, have a blast. We'll get to that later as well, by the way. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of good matchmaking because um, both Bowens and Silver have each got this, like, rapid combo attack with the kicks yeah. and stuff. And then sort of ju- juking it out with those two things made for a snappy, explosive mm. little match. But it never bordered great. Yeah, I'm never going to complain too much about a Bowen singles match. Yeah, no, I, I love That's going to be in our future. Yeah, absolutely. So that was fun and lively, dynamic, but it also kind of existed. And again, the issue, and we're going to face this for the next three months at least, is that there are 2,500 people in these buildings that are massive, and it's very, very obvious that you cannot get an amazing atmosphere in these buildings. Yeah. Fascinating to know what you think about what came next because you said going to take a lot for the old uh, Eddie Kingston Grand Slam promo. Sensational stuff here from Kingston. Uh, I'm not going to do it justice, so go and watch it. It's all over socials, of course. But he talks about his history with Clario. Like I said, they've got this huge video package. Um, Should have put some of that on telly. Um, Talking about their history together, uh, him and Clario. Friends in 2007, uh, 2006, 2007, uh, and then Claudio started judging and disrespecting him and left, obviously, and left potholes in the road that uh, they had to follow. Now he's supposed to fix it. He's also tried to fix the issues with him and John Moxley. He keeps yelling, leave this in. Don't cut this out. Uh, if I was the editor, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. I won't. Don't worry, Eddie. Uh, he says, no matter those issues, he's going to finish his issues with Claudio in New York. Uh, Grand Slam, title for title, no matter what. That is it between us. Um New York's his. No one's beaten him in New York. New York's always had his back, and they'll have his back at Grand Slam. Even beyond the content and delivery of this promo, as you said, he's like telling the editor, who you can imagine is real, and he is, leave this in, leave this in, leave this in. When he does his uh, outline, he's still talking. Mm. Like, I love that detail so much. Shuntering off to himself. Yeah, he's just talking to himself, and he's like still sort of like in his head, in his feelings, because he wants to convey that he is a real person, and it doesn't matter if the cameras stop rolling. He's still talking. He's still fired up because 
his life exists beyond the five hours of television, and he does these little wonderful touches to convey that, and he just builds your investment yeah. over time. He's fantastic. It's all built to, sorry, I'm going to f*** you up in New York, motherfucker. That was it, yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, I was the cliche. I was ready to run through a wall for Eddie yeah. Kingston. Um, again, this could still be better. And at one of the best promos you'll see on TV all year, and it still could be better, and that's still the standard I uphold when I talk about AEW. Like, imagine if they hadn't made a few foolish decisions or they hadn't pissed about trying to book big matches or waiting, and there was, like, 5,000 people in an 8,000 building. Yeah. Like, a realistic number, and they're all going crazy for this live promo by Eddie Kingston. Yeah. And they hadn't just booked his final boss to be situational babyface, what, 40 minutes before this promo. Uh, his promo was excellent, excellent, run-through-wall stuff, and yet, ev- the worst thing is, is right, CM Punk had this thing about WWE, and I can't remember who, uh, did he himself say it? I, mean, I think he said it in the Colt Cabana podcast. He would always say, like, the reason why I am the way I am is because, you know, I'm a perfectionist and all the rest of it. WWE could always be better. Mm-hmm. It could always be better. Like, this is good, but don't rest on your laurels. Don't stop fighting against the machine or trying to get your stuff in. Or, you know, it could always be better. And I've always had that take as well. Look at the resources that WWE has. Yeah. They, could, they, they, know, they have no right to be as bad as they were over the, the past however many years. I'm starting to get that with AEW. Even when it's great, it can always be better because I've seen it be better. Yes. It could always be better. Even when you get something like this Eddie Kingston promo, I should be counting down the days until this match as opposed to I'll be fired up when it happens. Yeah. Despite Kingston's best efforts, AEW could always be better. Well, that goes down at Grand Slam, as does the new tag team of Hook and Orange Cassidy who sealed it over a bag of chips. Good. I love this tag team. It's one of those really cool twists, like light bulb moments when you're like, yes, they would hang out. Yes. Yes, they would. And it's so cool that they've been drawn together and that makes all the sense in the world. Do you know who they're facing or who it's been teased? I don't know for sure, but I've seen a online exclusive where 2.0, each sidle up to hook backstage and start to bury him. So I'm fairly certain it's going to be Castian Hook versus 2.0. What was Hook doing at Grand Slam last year? Oh, God, was he fighting with Action Bronson? Against? Against them. It's, it's he's just back to where he started, pretty much. Yes, he's had the Perry thing, and it was it was fine. It's kept him ticking along. He was, I guess, in a better position after the Perry thing than before, but he's still doing this. Do you want to push him or not? Mm. Who do you want to push? I just don't know who you want me to get behind. Yeah. And because I don't know, I feel like, well, there's no point. If he's fighting, I like Cool Hand and oh, yeah. Daddy Magic a great deal, but you're giving me the message of, I've spent a year following Hook's arc and he's just doing this again. Why am I bothering? Mm. Uh, a very brief squash, squash match. Uh, I'm going to give him a mention. PB Smooth and Wes Barkley took on uh, Mark Davis and Cole Fletcher was he open uh, beat him very quickly with that pendulum spine buster thing of theirs oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's the wrong one 
I've got. Uh, I'm re- I'll, you'll find out why I'm on that page in a short while. Okay, got a, he's, he's got a bid coming. Yeah, and I think you're going to agree with it. Um, Post match, they get on the mic, call out FTR. FTR, are you listening or something? I said along those lines. F T, are you listening? Are you mate? paying attention? Are you paying attention? Uh, they said. Uh, I've been uh, finishing uh, finishing off quickly recently, which I've been told is a bad thing. <laughs> um, but I've been beating people in like a minute on Rampage and stuff. Um, and they've uh, they've won all the same titles that FTR have won. ROH, IWGP, tag titles. Uh, and they challenge FTR, titles or not, for Wrestle Dream October 1st. Uh, one year to the day after their acclaimed match at Royal Quest, of course. I'll tell you one thing, right? For all my wider complaints in the macro sense about AEW, Wrestle Dream is just a bloody tonic. Yeah. The actual announced lineup so far looks great. I'm hoping beyond hope that it caps at three and a half hours. I do not need 12 four-hour AEW pay-per-views, five including a pre-show, especially with Collision. That's just way too much. Yeah. This so far feels like it's got an identity to unto itself and they're not going to just put everyone on the roster on it. Like, so far in terms of the announced lineup and the way these matches are built, what a back-to-basic, simple, refreshing change of pace this is. Got Danielson and ZSJ, the ultimate but most beautifully simple stakes. Who's the best? Who is the best ever at their chosen style? Yeah. Well, I want to pay for that. Aussie Open win a series of matches very quickly and say, it's about time we get tested with some real competition and we want FTR. But that's as basic as it gets, but I'm kind of just, like, I'm thirsting for basic and simple. (laughs) Swerve, Hangman, you're on the way down, I'm on the way up. If I'm truly on the way up, I need to test myself. (laughs) And this meta premise of, oh, this means we can get Hangman back, like, all the way back. I love that. I love that meta um, sort of peel back the curtain reason for the match. I love Swerve's motivation for the match. I love Hangman deciding to freaking be Hangman Page again. The Ibushi Takeshita match, uh, it's it's the anti-AEW of 2023. I have concerns about the match quality, but the reason for the story is a perfect chapter in the ongoing Takeshita-Omega rivalry. Like, Wrestle Dream could be goaded. And guess what was the day before? NXT, no, merci. <laughs> what a weekend. RJ City sits down with Tony Storm in a unique interview, let's oh, say. Oh, this is tremendous. <laughs> Tony Storm has issues with the lighting. She's pissed off with the lampshade behind her. Um, she uh, says the business has changed. Well, sorry, in terms of what's changed, she said it was... Uh, Not cool. And uh, what well, the thing the thing that had changed was... Yes, business! Thank you. She says, uh, I thought wrestling was about being stars and making money, not signing every little girl with a sob story. And I think she said something along the lines of, this company wouldn't know talent if it slapped them in the tits. It's I love getting tits into every promo, <laughs> even if it doesn't necessarily make the most sense. Yes. That's like, tell you, like you, like yes. your comedy. <laughs> it is. Just squeeze it in any bloody way you can. Uh, this Do it with a hammer if you need to. <laughs> to be continued, this was. Yeah, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous stuff. Like, I love it. When something just develops, and then it just catches captures people's attention, yeah. and then they think, right, how can we make this bit better? Get RJ City. This is right he in his wheelhouse. Yeah, perfect. Oh, this is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Long may this continue. Oh, I felt sorry for what happened next. 
Scorpio Sky, this big, big video package, he's having issues with injuries and what have you. Um, he's not afraid to do the tough work. And then he had a match with Andrade and really didn't get the reaction I think he was hoping for when he came out here. It's a lesson. This is not the company people watch to get management's opinions of a wrestler forced down their throat. Mm. It should be the meritocracy. Back and forth between the two of them until Andrade uh, dragon screws uh, Scorpio Sky. They talk about the injuries that he's had. Um, Andrade goes up top, but he gets shoved back first on the apron so it gets to a break. When we come back, um, Sky hit a dive on the floor, and then Andrade hit that, it's still one of my favorite uh. things, that unbelievable back elbow of his. Just see if you can do it without the... Oh, my God. Bit finished a bit too quick there. Oh. Not for the first time. Uh, Sky counted the Havelock DDT for with a uh, small package. Oh, not for the first time. Uh, <laughs> Mandrade goes back. Locks on the figure four, transitions into the figure eight and gets the submission at victory. Uh, this was really slow and boring, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, really slow and, slow and boring. Um, look, like the elbow is going. Of course it is. Uh, that's the most I popped for this match. Like, I don't know what they're doing with Scorpio Sky. No. I know it's not working. Right, so he comes back and he does the whole, I don't know if this is the exact verbiage he uses, but this is the basic gist of people are sleeping on Scorpio Sky again, don't do that, I've won titles in this company, I'll do it again. And They're basically telling and not showing you that Scorpio Sky is someone you should invest in and take seriously. And it's weird, like, I know he's been derailed by yet another injury, is the story, I'm coming back as a babyface to fulfill my potential, or I'm going to lose quite a bit. Right, I'm turning heel again. And he takes shortcuts. I'm, yeah. No one cares. Like, I, no one cares. Yeah. I, I do feel sorry for him because he, I think he's one of the very few people. And again, I don't want to bury AEW for this because genuinely I think it's a rule-proving exception. Look, he QT Marshall on Rampage because no one cares about that show. He signed a new contract, hasn't he? Yeah, and you know, he's he, he helps format the shows, so he's probably going to put themselves put himself on it. And, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, Sanjay, he also does creative work. And, oh, what, Jarrett's on the show again. <laughs> there is an element on that of that all over AW. But, like, they've never, in my opinion, really taken the piss in terms of that WWE sort of practice of pushing someone like Roman Reigns for five years before he got yeah, over. Yeah. Austin Theory. Um They've never taken it that far because at least QT's on Rampage and who cares? And he wasn't on it when it was a primary concern. Dot's part of a, you know, a really entertaining stable. Like Nakazawa hasn't really been on AEW television that much. Luther's been on it, what, twice. There's mates for hire, like Cutler had a role and he was really fun. Like Nemeth just gets jobbed every four months and he's a mate of the Young Bucks. Like, I don't care if they give... You know, if it's all friends wrestling to you, I'm not going to say that. I don't care if they do nepotism hires, mm. if they're just milling about in catering and cashing checks for 49 weeks out of the 52. Scorpio Sky is the one guy that they've continually pushed mm. above his level of being over, and I don't get it. And I think it's not really, it's like, it's not working for the guy. It's a shame. Like, I can't really like Scorpio Sky yeah. in the first year of AEW. Could be world champion. He was fighting, wasn't he? He fought Jericho early on. Yeah, he's a nice TV-level 
challenger of the week. But he just, people just do not connect with him. And it's sad. And I'm not saying he's not talented. He's had some cracking matches in AEW's oh, yeah. history, but he's just not that guy. And they, the more that they tell me he is, the more I get repelled. Mm. Anyway, post-match. Sorry, one more thing. If you're going to have a match between Andrade and Scorpio Sky, and no one's really interested in the characters, give me some of that 2019 energy where you just go mental for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need to see like a methodically paced story yeah. match. Just go crackers for 10 minutes. That's what Scorpio Sky is really great at. Yeah. He's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, Bullet Club Gold come out afterwards. Uh, Jay White. Uh, rock hard, Juice Robinson. And the bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, Jay White says, uh, so you had your eyes on us last week, Andrade. Uh, maybe you want some of the Switchblade swap spotlight. So he challenges uh, Andrade to a match to show this is still the Switchblade era. Uh, and he says, let's have a bare knuckle fire right now. And Andrade's like, all right. And he's like, uh, no, actually, security, keep us apart. But that's going to be a banger. Yes, and I'll talk about it nearer the time. Uh, got a nice video package on the Ibushi Omega... Takeshita stuff, and then Shibata's backstage with Tony Schiavone, and it reveals he's going to defend the pure title on Thursday on Honor Club against Nick Wayne, and then through a translation app, reveals he's going to be competing at WrestleDream. I'm so confused by this. Yes, me too. Because, so they say, right, okay, he's got this match, which, by the way, is a formality now, against Nick Wayne. Oh, thanks, he's just showing your hand again. Why do they do that? Oh, my God. Get rid of ROH. That might go some way to resolving this. And then he says, without specifying who he wants to wrestle, that he's going to be at Wrestle Dream. And then Nigel McGuinness says, "Well, that's big breaking news. He's going to be fighting one of the new Three Musketeers." That's what McGuinness yeah, yeah, said. Yeah. Like, well, they didn't say that, and then announce it later. So who could that be? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> what if it's shorter? He was one of the three, and then Shibata just starts kicking his ass, and then who would defend Shota Umino? Mm -hmm. John Moxley. Oh my god! There you go. But yeah, it was, I was very confused by this. Is he, is he wrestling one of the three or not? Well, it makes sense for this Anoki pay per view. Next, it was time for the Hardys versus the Righteous. Skip. No! 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 Worth, it. Worth saying on that page for now. Yeah, you've got a lot to say about this, so I'll, I'll keep this brief. Vincent started off with Matt. Uh, the Hardys low bridge Dutch to the floor, hit a big tag team combo for a near fall. They hit poetry in motion, but uh, they get cut off as uh, they go for a twist of fate by Vincent. Dutch blind tags, hits Matt with a black hole slam for a near fall. Uh, Jeff comes in after the break, runs wild, but uh, gets cut off as he goes for a whisper in the wind. Jeff manages to hit a twist of fate, though. They send Dutch to the floor. Matt hits another twist of fate. Dutch cuts off a swanton bond, sends Matt into the stairs, uh, and Vince hits. Uh, Vincent hits Autumn Sunshine on Jeff for the one, two, three. Post-match, Dutch grabs the microphone, introduces themselves, crowd are hating them. Um, <laughs> in the art, the art. Yeah. Vincent said, uh, the world is fooled by false idols and con man. Uh, they're here to tell us the truth. They'll kill your ego because your ego leads to false love and friendships, kind of like what we're seeing between Adam Cole and MJF. Thoughts? Right. Quick thoughts on the match. Um, 
This was one of those matches that was at once inoffensive, and I was thinking, go home, take it home. I want you to go home right now, not to the finish of the Hardy Compound, and maybe just stay there. Like, you know when you see, like, a, a twist coming where someone gets crotched on the ropes or whatever, I'm like... That means something else is going to happen. Just take it home. No <laughs> one's enjoying this. This promotion's never felt like more like TNA in this moment than it does now. Wilborn. Mm. Hypothetical scenario. Imagine you're a failed actor. Okay. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see if I can... Let me see if I can wear that hat. Yep. <laughs> I'm a failed novelist. It's fine. <laughs> Hey, we're successful podcasters. In fact, we're so good at podcasts that uh, the AW World Champion described this podcast as one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- And we're so good now, we're going on video on YouTube. Subscribe. Indeed. Go and subscribe right now. Found our buddy calling, baby. Hey-o. Right. Imagine you're a failed Shakespeare's actor. loss. Imagine you're a failed actor, okay? Okay. And... Or like just a not particularly good one. Or I, a, I can go do that one as well. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> or a hack, right? I'm the director, and I'm saying this is what your character trait is, right? I'm gonna say right, okay, Wilborn. Okay, you're a little bit unhinged and crazy. Okay, what body language would you do? After delivering a line, if you're a little bit crazy. Just, I'm, just, I'm all over the place, man. I'm just all swaying my eyes and my face. I'm chewing the scenery. Ah! Right, okay. Correct. If you are one of the worst actors and you go to an audition and the director says to you, okay, your character's like a little bit crazy, okay, I would go, right, I can't act. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? Um... <laughs> the maniacal laughter of the crazy person. Yeah. And god damn it, that's what this guy does here. He says oh, he does like the trifecta of cliched crazy person in Hollywood. He says, We're here to expose the truth behind the liar's eyes. And then he goes <laughs> And he does the tongue yeah, out tongue as well. The maniacal laughter and the eyes darting from side to side. It's like, I get it, you know, but uh, you've gone a bit, you know, radio rental. It's so poor acting. The wrestling isn't really great. You've got the other guy going, I'm crazy and I'm clicking my fingers and I'm in a trance, man. Absolutely, like, this will never, ever, ever in a million years get over. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's bad, it's cringeworthy, it's derivative, it's... I, ne- I will never, in one million years, in twice as many alternate universes, I will never think that you're believably unhinged. Yeah. I ever. It's like, there's a few things that are quite hard to pull off in wrestling. Like... The hardest thing is convincing me that you're a little bit, like, mad. You've got the devil in you. Yeah. Like, if you can't do it, there is nothing more excruciating than pretending to be that thing. Like, it's... When people try to be, like, really tough and hard, and they're not, it's like, oh, it's a bit cringeworthy because you're not John Moxley. 
when you're not like 80s Jake Roberts and if you're not like Eddie Kingston's got that like yeah. in his eyes he's got that genuine devil in him when you try to do it and you're just a normal guy <laughs> and you're just a normal guy and by all accounts you're a nice guy yeah. I'll say one really nice thing about the Righteous that Dark Order plunder match at the ROH last pay-per-view was t- capital T tremendous yeah and I'm maybe against the Hardys in 2023. Probably not going to have a good match. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go in too footed. I it ju- I hate it so much when someone in a wrestling context tries to make out like they're a little bit off. And you're not McFoley in ECW. You're not McFoley in 1996. If you try, it's I find it excruciating, man. Yeah, I can only agree. Yeah, absolutely. Main event time, Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker, DMD. Oh, my God. You can do it. This is the real normal one. All right. Oh, my God. For the uh, TBS championship, i tell you what, for something that we were, uh, I'm fairly certain they had only advertised, we'll hear from Britt Baker, because obviously they're in here. Penn State, her alma mater, previously, and then they suddenly went, actually, TBS championship match, which presumably they couldn't have announced until after Rampage, because they, they have the, the Jay Cargill yeah. match. So, fair enough. Well, the, couldn't have announced it then. They could have had Britt Baker not take a fall on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. But, if anything, that result made this match better in the most weird, don't do this again, mm-hmm. roundabout way. Well, then suddenly, halfway through this match, I thought, oh, my God, she's, she's winning the TBS championship I, here. What a match. Really good stuff. So, Statlander initially takes control. She's sort of playing not situational heel. She's not cheating, but... Fans are very much behind the other person in this match. Power Slam gets a near fall takes to a break. When we come back, they just went bonkers for these last sort of 10 minutes. Uh, Baker dodges a moonsault, hangs Statlander's neck up on the top rope, uh, slams both of her knees against the ring post, hits some sling blades, counters a neck breaker, does uh, Statlander with a blue thunder bomb for a near fall. Um, and she also hit a twisting fisherman's buster for a two count. Then Baker dodged a scissor kick, hit the curb stomp, near fall. That was such a great counter. Pulls out the glove. Statlander rolls her up. They trade forearms. Statlander takes Baker down with a lariat. But then Baker hits a Canadian destroyer, angel's wings, and a curb stomp. And I thought, well, that's it. It's over. Two count. Goes for another Panama. There wasn't a two point. It was a 2.99999 Okada, Roman, Kurt Angle, Kenny Omega tier from um, Statlander. Brilliant. Tremendous get here in that club. For a split second, I thought she's she's going to kick out or she's kicked out too late there. It was so well-timed. Baker goes for another Panama Sunrise. Statlander catches her in position for Saturday Night Fever. Baker transitions into the rings of Saturn. She's got her in the lockjaw. That's it. Not only is Statlander losing, she's submitting to the lockjaw. And then Statlander... Last ditch attempt, rolls Baker onto her back. One, two, three. Chris Statlander, skin of her teeth, retains this TBS championship. Someone said on the news this morning, is this the thing that makes Britt Baker go, right, I can't win with the curb stomp. I can't win with the lockjaw. What do I have to do to win a match? Turn heel and take shortcuts again. I thought this was... Julia Hart was was looking in the crowd as we finish off this show. I thought this was such a towering achievement of a professional wrestling match. When you consider the atmosphere, the attendance, yeah, the general vibe around AEW right now, on, on television, on television, the fact that Baker has lost so many times this year, the fact that she's never been less over 
after January 2020 anyway. The fact that she's literally just done a job on television before this match. This had absolutely knee right. No. And I thought this match layout, and not everything looked amazing. Not everything was a total kill shot. And yet the twists and the turns and the when things were done, like the counter that led to the curb stomp was absolutely, as the French would say, something magnifique. <laughs> it was so well done. It was so laid out. It was so dramatic. I can't remember the last time I watched a match that cold get heated up that quickly and for that amount of suspense to be generated intra-match because there was obviously none of it yeah. beforehand. The amount of intra-match suspense out of this world, Statlander, Baker, and whoever agented this and contributed some of their ideas as well deserve a standing ovation backstage because I thought this was magnificent television pro wrestling. Yeah. I feel things again. First, I was just like, look, going into it, I was like, ugh. It's just a straightforward title defense for Statlander and Britt Baker's last hurrah before she turns heel. And you thought, back in. Yeah, on form as well with Baker. Yeah. Quite frankly, my expectations were pretty low. And my God, they were absolutely smashed into the upper 90. That's what Americans call a top corner. Great stuff, though. Love this. Well, one American commentator. (laughs) That, that your, one time. Let us know your thoughts on AW Collision. Uh, on uh, at what culture WWE you watch? They can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, the SmackDown review is available right now. Me and Sidge will be back later on today to preview Monday Night Raw. Uh, but for now, this has been the AW Collision review. Uh, my thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.